0: flyers started circulating on social media that white nationalist groups were planning training and rally events in Pike County and Floyd County, Kentucky at the end of April. The events are being planned by the Nationalist Front, the National Socialist Movement, and the Traditionalist Worker Party. I wanted a little more information about the sponsoring groups. Here's what I found via the Southern Poverty Law Center. Quote, The Traditionalist Worker Party is a white nationalist group that advocates for racially pure nations and communities and blames Jews for many of the world's problems. Even as it claims to oppose racism, saying every race deserves its own lands and culture, the group is intimately allied with neo-Nazi and other hardline racist organizations that espouse unvarnished white supremacist views. The National Socialist Movement is notable for its violent anti-Jewish rhetoric, its racist views, and its policy allowing members of other racist groups to join NSM while remaining members of other groups. Until 2007, NSM members protested in full Nazi uniforms, now traded in for black battle dress uniforms. NSM ideology mirrors that of the original American Nazi party. The group openly idolizes Adolf Hitler described in NSM Propaganda as our Fuhrer, the beloved Holy Father of our age, a visionary in every respect. End quote. The response locally and across eastern Kentucky has been largely that these groups are not welcome here. However, there are differences as to what folks believe the response should be. Some think ignoring them is the best route, while others think publicly showing unity against hate is the way to go. I wanted to hear from a couple folks who are responding locally. I spoke with Ariana Velasquez of Pike County and Patrick Davis of Floyd County, both of whom are actively working and organizing in response to these groups and their planned
1: events. I'm Ariana Velasquez and I'm from Pikeville, Kentucky. I go to Pikeville High School and Big Sandy Community and Technical College.
2: Well, my name is Patrick Davis. I live in David over in Floyd County, Kentucky.
0: Clearly, we could dive into different aspects of this issue a hundred ways to Sunday, but for tonight's Mountain Talk, We'll focus on these two conversations. First, we'll hear from Ariana.
1: I saw the TWP's post on Facebook, and I immediately felt compelled to do something about it, and since no one else had um, proposed that counter-rally, yet this was the morning after they'd uh, posted, about 12 or 13 hours after. um, About 9 o'clock on that day, I started a Facebook event. And I immediately began getting a large response, and I put together a team of some close friends and trusted people that I knew would help me with the effort. The group that's coming is a hate group. They're neo-Nazis. Basically, they want to disenfranchise a lot of people.
0: What are some of the responses you've heard, either at school or just around Pikeville, when folks have heard who's coming to town?
1: Well, at school I got a mixed reaction initially. Um, usually I met with a lot of eye rolls for my activism. But um, a lot of people didn't realize some of the alt-right movements. Um, the Traditionalist Workers' Party identifies with the alt-right. They didn't realize that they were neo-Nazis, but when you dig further, um, they share about 90 to 100 percent of what the Nazi group said back in the last century. So it makes you wonder why they're still around if we already fought them in World War II. And the response we got from the community community was overwhelmingly positive. Um, People were disturbed that they thought that they could represent our area. And it really insulted a lot of people that um, had family that fought in World War II, that helped with a war effort against the Nazis, that they would come and basically um, disrespect our ancestors, and our family and friends here in Pikeville, Kentucky, where we have so many veterans here. And kind of going back for just a second
0: to the framing that you were just talking about, like on its surface, it seems like things that might appeal to folks around here and the difference between that, I guess I'm asking about kind of their approach to outreach to people and their framing, if you can speak to that.
1: Uh, Their framing is really disturbing because they're basically acting like they represent Appalachia. Um, They're saying that they have the best interests of all families in Appalachia, white working families specifically, and um, they don't really have the best interests of anyone except themselves and their um, chosen groups in mind. And it's ignorant to say that we are a... um, we should just support white working families because they're made of a lot of different people here. And, uh, without one group, we couldn't function. Um, we're all a big family here and it's disturbing how they're trying to use their propaganda to, um, turn people against our neighbors here.
0: Okay. Thank you. Um, and next up, I definitely, uh, want to start hearing about what y'all are planning. So you said you started immediately the morning after and can you kind of Tell us what's happened since then and then what this weekend's going to look like from the counter rally point of view.
1: Well, it was very hectic from the beginning. Um, I'd planned campaign events before, but I, nothing to this scale. Uh, we expected about 50 people in the city park in Pikeville, and it turned out to be a response of thousands. We've had national media, international media contacting us, and. Um, For security reasons, we decided to move it to the University of Pikeville, which I think is a great decision. From the get-go, we've been lining up speakers, Mm -hmm. and we've got a lot of local officials lined up. We've got a concert lined up for afterwards. Um, But the planning has mainly been about fundraising and just getting the logistics lined out of all of this, because a lot of us haven't planned something of this scale and magnitude before. It's a new experience, and... This event is one of a kind because it brings together everyone across the political spectrum. It's not a partisan event, and we've had to work with both sides uh, for one goal, which we don't see a lot nowadays.
0: How has that been working across the aisles in terms of political parties?
1: It's been really cool, actually, because um, I've been working with people that actually uh, I didn't support in uh, races, I would have never thought to talk to them. And we all have common interests for Appalachia. We all value the same American values, basically. We all are about family. Um, We're all about coming together, and we all love bluegrass music, pretty much. (laughs) It's awesome. And, um, you know, we can just see each other as people and not um, our policies and our political beliefs. Um, We're coming together as a family as uh, eastern kentuckians and kentuckians and i think that's really great
0: what's the name of the event
1: the rally for equality and american values and
0: where can folks find more information about it
1: um we have a facebook page um the rally for equality and american values and a twitter account and it's at pikeville peace and when is the rally going to be It's April 29th, and it starts at 2 p.m. at U-Pike on the plaza, above the 99 steps.
0: Okay. Um, Why do you think these groups from outside are wanting to come here in the first place? What do you think they hope to do here?
1: Um, They say they're empowered by the election of President Trump, but actually a lot of his supporters here are disgusted by the Nazis and their ideology. So obviously that's not true, and I think they have fed into the stereotype that we're a bunch of racist hicks around here and will easily buy into whatever they say, and that's not the case clearly because we've gotten a bigger response here than they have.
0: What do you think this will look like? So the event happens and then we come to Sunday. What do you think the work continues to look like on the ground in Pikeville throughout Eastern Kentucky?
1: I think, um, the white rose ideas. Um, we're using a lot of symbolism from the anti-Nazi movement from the white rose society from the last century. And I think that needs to be kept up. I think really this event will open our eyes and bring us together, um, We've been polarized lately with national politics, and I think people around here really need to realize we're not going to get anything accomplished unless we come together. And I think uh, this event and events like this are very important because it reminds us that we're all people, and we're all a big family, and um, hopefully in the future similar events can be planned. Um, And I think that the er the lasting effect from this event will be A little more unity in our area and a little more conversation
0: and uh, back to the white rose for just a second what um, how is that symbolism showing up throughout the event well we've got the right the
1: white rose on our t-shirts right now and we're looking at distributing white rose um, material we're going to be looking at what that exactly will look like pretty soon it's kind of a nod to uh, the White Rose Society back in Germany. Um, it was a movement to counteract the Nazis, and uh, they really led the pushback in the resistance against the Nazis. Um, I think it's great to remember that, and I don't think the symbolism will be lost on them at all.
0: What kind of different groups do you think will be showing up day of?
1: Um, I know a lot of churches are coming, Um We've gotten a hold of some of the Muslim community, and I think it's great that they're there. Um, The veterans um, that are coming, uh, we're going to have Major Ron Leach speaking, and um, the Jewish community is going to be represented. There's going to be a rabbi there. Um, The medical immigrant community is going to be coming. Um, Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts of America are going to be there um, presenting the flag. It's an event for people to stand up for peace, diversity, and love, and to stand against the neo-Nazis and everything they represent. Perfect.
0: Um, is there anything else that you want to add or that you think folks should know either um, about the event itself, about kind of the time we're in, or that you want to make sure to make clear to folks who might be listening? Um,
1: it's nonpartisan. It's nonviolent. It's a very peaceful event, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, bring your kids, bring everyone you know, and get ready to listen to some great music. Um, And um, we've got a lot of great local talent lined up for the concert afterwards, and I hope everybody makes it
0: out. Again, that was Ariana Velasquez in Pike County, Kentucky. Next, I spoke with Patrick Davis in Floyd County.
2: Well, it actually started when one of the deputies here at the sheriff's office mentioned that there was going to be a rally down in Pikeville that it was being held by the traditionalist workers party when uh when i actually got to looking at their at their website i realized that it wasn't so much a workers party as a white supremacist group so you know i and several like-minded people decided that we needed to take some kind of action because this is in our community we don't want that kind of thing happening
0: so you said that several like-minded people got together how does that how did that look in your community? Like, how did y'all find each other and start talking about what you all were going to do?
2: It was actually really chaotic, to be honest. You know, everybody was on Facebook saying that they didn't want this, we need to do something. And uh, really, our organization kind of sprouted from the uh, the Pikeville organization. You know, they were able to organize very quickly, very efficiently. And they had a big part in bringing us together.
0: So you said on Facebook a lot of folks were talking about how they didn't want it. Is that the overwhelming sentiment around town, or what all have you heard people saying about it, if anything?
2: Well, I've not heard anybody speaking in favor of it, but there's always been a different uh, different idea of what people think that we should do about it. Some people say that we should just ignore them, and that the be- best thing that we could do is not to give them uh, any any press, and then other people, of course, have said that we need to get right up in their faces and have a protest. So I mean, it's it varies on that spectrum. But I've not heard anybody openly say they support them being there. And I really kind of got on board with the idea that we need to we need to t- do something. We need to let them know that this is uh, that we're united and not wanting this in our community. But at the same time, you know, groups like this they gain their momentum by getting themselves in the press. So everything that we do that would give them any publicity, it's only going to hurt the cause.
0: Why do you think that they're coming to East Kentucky specifically?
2: Well, Eastern Kentucky, if you look at the numbers, it's, a, it's got a very large white population. It has a poor population. And I think what they're trying to do is capitalize on the collapse of the coal industry and the, and the uh, unemployment rate to lure people into this idea that it's the minority's fault. It's the fault of different groups that have come in. One of the things they did cite was that it was the victory of Donald Trump. And no matter what your thoughts on him, other groups have capitalized on his uh, his kind of nationalist message.
0: Do you think this is just a one-off for them? Do you think they're going to come here and leave? Or do you think they're in this, they have a you know longer strategy and game here in East Kentucky and Appalachia?
2: The biggest fear that I have is that they're going to treat Eastern Kentucky like they did North Dakota, which they'll see it as some kind of haven for white supremacy, white nationalism, and try to uh, move into small communities and take them over like they did up in uh, a town lay where they basically bought up all the property and moved in. I think that since there's been such a, uh, such an outroar against them and the population's a lot larger here than it is in North Dakota. But I don't think they could do it very easily, and I just don't think it would go off. And I'm hoping that it doesn't go off.
0: Is it just the Traditionalist Workers' Party that's coming here?
2: Uh, No, actually, one of the things they're billing this in, one of the things they're billing this as, is a collaboration between several parties, and uh, in fact, I was uh, watching one of their videos, and uh, they said they're actually going to have people from some of the European fascist groups, which is, is disturbing in itself.
0: So you spoke a little bit about some of their framing. Is there parts of their messaging um, that you think uh, would be a particular draw for folks who live here?
2: I don't think that their white supremacy message would actually draw too many people in this area. I think that the uh, you know the unemployment message definitely would hit home with a few people. Cause like I said, they are billing themselves as a uh, as a workers' party trying to stand up for the working class. And, you know, if this election taught us anything, is that people are very disillusioned right now. They feel that nobody's really out there protecting their uh, protecting their interests. And, you know, if a group can swing in and capitalize on that, I'm afraid that that might take hold. But hopefully people are so turned off by the other message that that, that doesn't really ring as true.
0: Uh, can you tell me a little bit about what y'all are planning there?
2: Well, what we're doing... Since they've actually moved away from the, uh, the park, and the place that they're going to be doing this at is, is quote-unquote, on private land. And we really have no clue where it's going to be. So having some kind of direct protest, I don't think it's possible at this point. So what we're trying to do is basically fill the news with positive messages. very uh, Very good things that hopefully will cover up their news co- coverage, or will eat up their news coverage. Like, uh, one of the things that I'm most proud of, because it's uh, something that really came out of uh, came out of this discussion that we all had, was uh, last month we approached the uh, Prestonsburg City Council about declaring April the 28th Diversity Day. And what we're billing this as is a day to celebrate the diverse groups of people who built the foundation of our community. And for this, what we're doing is we're developing the hashtag Diversity Appalachia. And basically what we're doing is on the 28th, we're asking everyone to make a post about their family lineage, let us know about the unique blending of cultures and ethnicity that made you you. You know, if you have any stories about other groups that made their way into the area, even if they're not your ancestors, we want people to share those too. And like I said, what we really want to do with this is we want to fill Facebook with, you know, what's your family history, what groups came into the area. And we want to break this idea that, you know, Appalachia is just this homogenous you know, one ethnicity group, we want to break that. We want to show that there's a diverse culture here. There are people who openly celebrate their Native American heritage here, but it's it's not the majority. Most people like to just kind of throw out there that my great-great-great-grandfather or grandmother was full-blooded Cherokee. It's more of a passing note. You know, the, uh, the DNA might be there, but, you know, for the most part, the culture really isn't.
1: Davis
0: and other Floyd County residents were actually able to work with the mayor to declare the whole month of April Diversity Month. Here's audio from Prestonsburg Mayor Les Stapleton reading the proclamation.
3: Whereas Prestonsburg is a community of caring people who have created a healthy, safe, and secure place for people of all geographic, ethnic, economic, religious, and lifestyle backgrounds to live, work, raise their children, and age with dignity and... Whereas hate violence has become a daily occurrence and is increasing at epidemic rates across the nation and whereas fundamentally tolerance is a personal decision that comes from an attitude that is learnable and embraceable. A belief that every person on earth is a treasure vital to the health and prosperity of all and whereas Prestonsburg is a community promoting tolerance and infusion while focusing on how we interact with our families, our neighbors, and co-workers by respecting them and ourselves. Whereas the people of Prestonsburg, in keeping with the principle of equal civil rights for all, unequivocally oppose any manifestation of hatred and prejudice towards any group or individual in our community. Now, therefore, I, less Stable, Mayor of the City of Prestonsburg, Kentucky, do hereby proclaim uh, April to- 2017 as National Diversity Month, I call upon all citizens to stand together with all people of good faith in our community. We have the power to change our attitudes to overcome our ignorance and fears and to influence our children, our peers, and our neighborhoods. It begins with each one of us. Signed, the 18th day of April, 2017.
2: Amen we uh, we do have an event that is planned for uh, that is planned for Friday but you know i need to go ahead and say it's not going to be a rally it's not going to be a protest basically we're going to do a tree planting and the idea with that is that we're going to have a positive impact on the area we're going to go out to a place on a, on the park which i actually don't have a location for that just yet we're still trying to hammer out the, uh, the details but we're going to go out and we're going to do a tree planting and basically, what we're asking people to do is to show up at nine a m on the twenty eighth at this location, which we'll have up on our Facebook group Unity for the Rose Appalachia that's the name of the Facebook group. The idea is that we're going to supply the seedlings. Uh, I think there's going to be about ten acres of property that needs uh, these trees planted on and hopefully what we'll do is we'll track some of the news out there, some media outlets out there that they'll you know want to cover this this very positive thing that's happening in the community, this eco-friendly thing. Because this is an area that basically we're going to be planting trees that are that are uh, selected, basically to restore the ecosystem. This is a p- place that apparently has had some damage, and hopefully we're going to plant these trees, and it's going to clear the air, so to say. But yeah, we—I uh, will have to say though—you know—we aren't supplying food right now unless somebody decides they want to donate something. That'd be appreciated. You know, this is basically come out for as long as you can, and then go, and then you're free to leave at any time. Don't feel like you have to spend the whole day, even though we do have a lot of work to do. And then, basically on a Saturday, we're going to go out and uh, support the people at Pikeville at their rally. A lot of what we're uh, we're doing is trying to, you know, like I said, make a positive impact. And cleaning up our community sounds like a great idea. And I might actually span out cleaning other parts of the community, not just the park.
0: Have you heard any stories or know of any other times that um, these sorts of groups have come from the outside to East Kentucky or Appalachia?
2: Not so much the outside. Now, at other points in time, there have been uh, been white supremacist groups like the Ku Klux Klan that had membership here.
0: How long ago was that?
2: Well, I can think of one that's uh, probably as close as maybe the 1930s, 1940s. You know, there was a a Klan, say, in Prestonsburg, actually had a a branch of the Ku Klux Klan. Groups like the Ku Klux Klan, even, even the Traditionalist Worker Party, they spring up out of nationalist tendencies. They spring up because there's been some big change to the status quo. But like I said, they show up because something has changed in the community, changed in the culture, and it's a reactionary force that... Acts against it, and when you really see uh, things like the, uh, the the Klan movement here in eastern Kentucky, it was you really see it as a uh, social reaction to to basically the uh, the breakdown of Southern culture after the Civil War, and that's why you see that some of these larger movements of the Klan, like the one in Indiana in the 1950s that, you know, it, it's not traditionally a southern state, it wasn't a slave-holding state, but it happened because people from the south had moved there. And it's a uh, it's a cultural reaction to changes in the in the uh, society. And that's what you're really seeing out of this uh, traditionalist workers' party, too, is that, for the most part, you have a uh, a change in the ethnic mix of the uh, United States. You know, while we are still, a, like, a majority white nation, you know, we... uh we're kind of seeing that you know minority groups are starting to not only gain in numbers, but they're also starting to really assert themselves as equal citizens, which I think is a wonderful thing. But you're basically seeing a breakdown of this uh, this idea that there is an American culture, there's a standard American culture, and if you deviate away from that, then you're not American.
0: How can we in community be proactive instead of just reactive when these things happening? What do we need to be doing in the um Interim to build community and push back against uh these ideas
2: well anytime you're dealing with a uh, reactionary force, the best thing that you can do is be open minded yeah you know, that's uh, that is hard to do because like I said a lot of people are are looking at uh the the course that we're on right now as a country and uh it's new it's scary and some of them don't know where they fit into that culture now you know one of the you know, one of the number one things you hear nowadays is that people are more violent. You know, things are more dangerous. And that's that longing to go back to something that's more comfortable, something that you know. And it's it's nothing new. It happens throughout history. You know, times change, and people want to not change. They want to stay where they're at. But, you know, we as a community, we need to have an open mind. We need to be able to talk to our kids and say, hey... These people may seem different, but they're the same. Basically, we need to, as a community, open a, have open conversations. We need to uh, encourage our children to uh, to really work with students who are different than they are. Maybe not, maybe not even from a uh, from a different different ethnic background, but you know, even if there's a uh, different social status. You know, if you have kids that are uh, if you have kids that are only raised around people that have the same ideas, the same same religion, the same the same standard of living, and you keep them in that same group, they never move around, they never really talk to anybody else. You know, what are you telling them about the world? You know, you're telling them that everything has to be very static, and that there can't be any real movement, and there shouldn't be any movement. But, you know, if you encourage your kids to say... Make friends with the, uh, make friends with somebody different. You know, go to parties, go to sleepovers. Let them experience that, a different walk of the world than what they're used to. That's how we break this chain. You know, that's how we really bring about the kind of change that we really need, and that's to break down social barriers, to uh, break down these uh, these layers of hate and uh and you know fear that we've really built for ourselves.
0: So as someone who believes that, what are ways that you see in your own community that you could instigate those sort of conversations and changes? Like how on the ground might that look?
2: Well, what I would do, and like I said, a lot of this has to be on the, uh, this has to be with the individuals themselves. You can't enforce tolerance. You can't legislate tolerance. Basically what you have to do is you have to work on it from the ground level up. You know, parents, you need to encourage your children to meet somebody new, to, you know, walk outside of your comfort zone. You know, teachers, you need to be, uh, teachers do need to play an active role. They need to uh, make sure that they're showing different perspectives anytime they teach a lesson. And that might be the answer is that we need to find a way to make sure that our children, and our teenagers, not just children, You know what, everybody needs to learn perspective, so we're going to throw everybody in this. We just need to find a way to help people look at the world through other people's perspective. Because if you only look at it through the world in one lens, then uh, nothing's ever going to change. Everything's going to be static.
0: And that was Patrick Davis in Floyd County, Kentucky. The intro and outro music heard here is from the album Wings to Fly an album from Apple Shop's Roadside Theater. And that's it for Monday Mountain Talk on WMMT. I've been your host, Elizabeth
1: Sanders. Young man.